You're listening to Speak Your Style, a lifestyle and business podcast hosted by Sasha Bowlby and Liz Toombs. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Speak Your Style. I'm Liz, and today joining us is Brandon and Patch from Branded78. Welcome, guys. Thanks. Hi, guys. Hey, thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks for coming. You guys are like the podcasting gurus, so it makes me nervous to do this with you. <laughs> I, hey, I, it's all just talking, you know? I'm judging really hard so far. I'm just, I'm, I'm really, I'm taking notes. Already, already got a page of notes, you know? Yeah. No. My technical <laughs> already it's over. <laughs> I know just from really where I've had to pivot with the shop and do a lot on social media, I always panic when I see that customers have commented and maybe I don't see it um, because like sometimes it won't come up in my notifications or you overlook it or whatever. So like sometimes I'll go through and I'm like, Oh my gosh, somebody commented or somebody had a question or whatever. And I missed it. And do they think I'm ignoring them? What do I do? Am I too late to respond? So the, the whole being social back part is um, somewhat terrifying <laughs> for me. sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I feel like we try to, to overcomplicate things. We're often a little uh, stymied by like, well, what do I say back? When do I talk? How much do I say? Do I say it as a person or as a brand? Uh, can I use foul language or not? You know, like there's all these things about like, how can I actually do this? And at the end of the day, the people in the brands that are having the most success are the ones that are literally just being a human being. And, it, you know, Wendy's for about two, three years now has been this really like snarky kind of attitude on Twitter, which has taken over the world. Um, and a lot of brands are pretending to, to do the same kind of thing, but it's like, you have to find your brand voice, whatever that might be. And that's something that Patch very much specializes in is figuring out that messaging, the brand voice, the way that you're going to talk to people and just commit to it. And at the end of the day, I mean, you know, we're talking on a, on this particular podcast, like we're talking about people that might be coming into different brand DMs and saying like, hey, I wear this kind of thing usually, or I wear this kind of size, or I do this kind of thing. And it's just being a person. It's no different than like somebody walking into your storefront, trying on some clothes, maybe needing some advice, and you just give it back. It's just being a person that's part of that community. It just feels so different though. like. Because I'll stand there and talk to somebody all day long, but then the social media stuff, I'm kind of like Sasha, where I'm like, eee, I don't know what to say. Like, what do I, what do, I do? And so I don't know why it feels so different. Um, well, I think part I, of it is because, you know, our, our social interactions face-to-face are, you know, we never talk about the algorithm that controls uh, our time at the coffee shop. But we all go into social media with this specter of, well, there's an algorithm. And then plus, um, we don't have regular face-to-face conversations where if I like what you said in the conversation, I'm going to give it a little heart. But, but, you know, right, but we've been trained that with social media, it's kind of performative, that uh, if you say the right thing and you respond the right way, then there should automatically going to be a little heart that's going to pop up. And so because of that, you know, we, we get kind of, uh, we put on a show, we put on a mask around it. And um, we think we have to say certain things to, to keep the conversation in, you know, at the top of the feed. And so, so I, I think some of it is uh, that there's a, there, there's a, 
overarching shadow over the conversation. Um, but, uh, you know, as to what Brandon's saying, um, if you just respond like a human being, um, who cares what the algorithm thinks? You know, um, you're going you're gonna to find the people that need you by being who you are and talking about what matters to you. Uh, the people who need that message, they're going to find it um, just by word of mouth. And I think we've always kind of done this around social media. You know, the world right now is a very kind of interesting place where the youth of our country and our world, really, the youth are finding the new thing. And then the parents hop on board later. The older generation hops on later. And when the older generation is following the youth, everything has to, uh, the older generation's trying to like blend in and be cool, put it that way. So we're doing the same thing like right now on TikTok. Everybody's looking at TikTok during COVID and they're like, what is this TikTok thing? My 14 year old's on it. Well, first of all, it's been around for four years now. It used to be called Musical.ly. Uh, yeah, it started probably between nine and 13 years old is kind of who was on it. But I mean, even back in January, before COVID was even on our radar, that was a place for brands to really play and older people to play. I mean, it's taking some of the most mundane jobs and turning it into something really fascinating to watch. There are mail carriers that literally work for the USPS or FedEx or whoever, showing the behind the scenes of what they do. Literally opening the camera while they're driving their mail truck and saying, hey, driving my route today, got this really weird package or hey, look at these dogs that I always see on my route. Look how crazy they are. Like those silly behind the same behind the scene things. Now we're turning something that's rather mundane into something really fascinating and interesting because all you're doing is storytelling behind you know, the human behind the work. And so, uh, you know, this, uh, this always trying to fit in. We think that the platform is all about dancing or singing or something like that. It's like, no, you just have to be you and do what you normally do and everything will be just fine. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's just funny. Like, I think that we just overthink it. At the end of the day, all you're doing is telling what you do. And, you know, Patch just talked about the word algorithm. You know, we think about that term in terms of like social media all the time and who's going to see your stuff and how often and all that kind of stuff. But I would all almost argue that you have an algorithm of sorts inside of your store. I mean, you're sitting there trying to merchandise something to move people around the store in such a way they're going to see certain products, to try to move them, to try to upsell or bundle products together. So all of those things are a type of algorithm, I would argue. So if we're talking to algorithms and merchandising and all this stuff, it's like, by the time they reach the associate that's folding a, a t-shirt or they reach the counter is like the same way that you would talk to them in store. It's the same thing that you do online. So, I, you know, and you were Sasha, you're talking about like, yeah, I could talk to them all day. Well, why can't you do that online? It's not inappropriate to sit there and like, and talk and be a person, you know, for me, the hardest part is that, you know, when you do conversate back with somebody through social media, then everybody is seeing your comments. So I think that in a way freaks me out. Like, um, and, and for me, like 
grammatical errors and all that stuff like when you type it out like I'm just always panicked like oh my gosh did I say that right did I spell that right do I have that punctuated correctly is somebody going to critique what I'm doing so yeah I mean those are those are all such superficial things that you are worried about that not a person in this world cares about because at the end of the day it's like if you're saying something meaningful to them they couldn't care less where the period goes or if there's an extra space or if it was a lowercase t at the beginning of the name Thomas, like nobody cares. It, it's about the substance of what you said and not how it was said. Now, obviously, you know, tone and all those things certainly matter. And if you are trying to be a premium brand, you know, there could be something to being a little buttoned up and, and watching that. But, you know, you were talking about like the substance of what you say and like, well, the world's going to see what I'm saying. Well, I mean, if you normally would say something like, really bad behind somebody's back well like i wouldn't do that either um you know what i mean so yeah but anyway my point is just like of course there's going to be some layer some sort of filter as you engage people in the comments or something like that in a more public kind of scene but i don't think there's anything wrong with uh again being a person and thinking how would i say this as myself as sasha or as liz what would I say? Do that. Okay, so you were talking about using video as a way to just make a mundane task more interesting. I think huh? a lot of people, at least other business owners that I'm talking to and other professionals in general, the common thought is nobody's going to care what I'm doing or no one cares what I have to say. So how do you all address that concern or like mental block in your clients when you're you know, trying to help them get past that and just start doing the videos. You know, I like there may be some truth to it that just on paper, yeah, nobody like I, I don't care about this particular topic, but what I uh, what gets my attention every time and what I tend to really focus on is the people behind the thing. So um, I'll give you a, a, an example with one of our clients. Um, GJ and Gina Gerard. Um, I don't care about countertops. I just don't. I, I, you know, and I, and I, I write the captions for, for a lot of their stuff, but I just, um, I, it's not something I care about. But when I see GJ post something personally, or when Gina posts stuff with their new baby, I'm locked on every time. You know, I, I'm interested in them as people. And so because of that, um, it, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't bleed over a whole lot into, man, I really wonder what's going on in the countertop world, but what it does do, uh, I've had countertop issues and I have called GJ immediately because I know from his content, he's somebody that I can trust. He's somebody that I like. Um, and so I think what we would say to clients, what we have said to clients is, um, don't go into sales mode. Don't go into, let me, let me tell you why my thing is so great. And let me tell you about my method and what I do and, and the intricacies of my business. But instead, let me just be myself in front of you for a little bit. Let me talk about the things I care about. Um, and it may be partly my business, but here's my hobby. Here's a, here's this concert I went to. Here's, here's God forbid a picture of my dinner. Um, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> Uh, just just be yourself uh, and then you start to develop 
uh, and I know people hate this word, uh, you start to develop a brand. Um, but brand is just um, a shitty, buzzy way of saying um, your reputation. And I just realized I cussed. Can I cuss on this? Okay. No worry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I should have asked before I did it. Uh, but Uh-oh. Did we lose Patch? Yeah, we lost you for a second, Patch. Uh-oh. I think your computer felt differently about the cussing. Well, here. Let's let Patch uh, try to figure it out, and I'll yeah, just sure. pick up where he's leaving off. Yeah. So... Um, you know, yes, to piggyback on what Patch is saying, um, you know, it, it depends on which direction you're talking about too, though. If you're talking about a personal brand, like a person that's trying to be a, an individual out in the world, or if you're talking about a brand that is something bigger than an individual, um, Patch, are you, you back? Can you hear me now? Okay, cool. So I feel, I feel like I was making a genius point and I just got, yeah. I, just, I was it's okay. all good. I'll, I'll complete my thought and then you can hop in. But to Patch's point, talking about individuals versus brands, something that has a face and something that's a little faceless. Um, yeah, you know, it's like, again, getting into this idea of just not selling and providing some level of value and some help. I think that's one of the unfortunate things in the marketing world right now, by the way, is like, we, we hear people say, provide value, provide value. But not very many people understand what that actually means. Like that's an easy concept to sell because it sounds like cool and cute, but like you have to actually know what to do with it, you know? So uh, the value comes in a lot of different ways. If you're talking about a personal brand to Patch's point, a lot of times that's just being yourself, showing yourself out in the world, doing a thing. Maybe that's you, you know, and it, it really actually, let me say this, you have to reverse engineer what are your actual goals with this? What in the world is the point of building this personal brand? What are you trying to make happen with this? Are you trying to become a known person that can work with brands and make money? Are you, are you trying to be an expert in your field so that you can act as top of the funnel to your business? Like, there has to be an actual reason for doing this. You can't just arbitrarily start doing it because that means you're going to do arbitrary things and nobody's going to really you're going to confuse people. They're not going to know why am I paying attention to this? So you have to provide some sort of direction and a point for this and then reverse engineer how to make it happen. So yeah, uh, you know, if you're a brand, people will say that word value. They're not quite sure what to do. Well, far too many people, especially in like the, the retail industry, they're just selling. Here's a picture of my t-shirt. Here's how much it is available in these sizes, these patterns, and there's 28 of them, so buy them before they're gone. You get this like weird fake urgency that doesn't really exist, and it's just a product. So for some people that works. You know, there's, there's some consumers, I mean, for a $28 t-shirt, like that works fine. I mean, can be fine anyway, but like at the end of the day, I don't have an infinite bundle of money sitting around to buy $28 t-shirts. So, <laughs> I need another reason to, to pay attention to you. So you gotta give me something else, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, if you take what we're doing as a, a pure meta kind of example here, Patch and I are a co-host of the Lexington Business Show. So we bring on people, uh, like individuals, or we bring on people that represent a brand that are doing something interesting in Lexington, and we just talk about whatever that is. 
not just them and their operations in the business, but also them as people and what do they like. And so the Lexington Business Show gives us an opportunity to sit down with people as a top of the funnel to our agency and what we do. So it's not like every person with the button in the podcast seat is meant to be top of the funnel and like we're trying to get something from them. Uh, it can work that way and it has worked that way very naturally. But the podcast, the reason it's not the branded 78 podcast and why it's something else is because we really just want to provide some you know, value, there's that word, to the Lexington community and highlight the people and the businesses that are doing really interesting and creative things around here and provide a platform for them all to kind of show up together and know about each other because it's really hard sometimes to know all the cool stuff that's happening out in the world, you know? So here we are, we provide that kind of platform. And if it so happens that we hit it off with somebody sitting in a seat, well, that's cool. If it doesn't work, that's fine too. You know what I mean? There's like, we sat down with Eddie Russell from Wild Turkey. He's a master distiller. And, uh, you know, we sat in his office for two hours one day and we just talked about everything. Like, for us, there'd be no other reason for Eddie Russell to want to talk to us than to have a podcast. So, like, that acts as a really nice top of the funnel for our activities. So that's our value that we provide out in the world. You can go to our, uh, our social media and you can see a little bit more about us and what we're doing. We also put out some value in terms of, like, business thoughts and ideas, especially how to go and deal with COVID. You can see we went live a lot during the beginning of COVID to provide some help and and how to like wrap your minds around what to do right now. So value in terms of that, it's this really meaningful information that people can listen to regardless of whatever product or service you sell and they can take it and do something actionable with it that actually solves a problem for them. And a lot of times that means, you know, those people don't actually convert. You know, if you want to talk about it, it's kind of a numbers game. You get more and more people paying attention to what you're doing um, you get more to convert, but it might only be like one or 2% that actually buy or, uh, purchase what you're doing. Does that sort of make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. Sasha and I were talking about that with her lives that she's been doing. Like it's not for the faint of heart, right? You may only have a couple people watching in the beginning and then you keep going, keep going. People get used to it and mm -hmm. then you start to build a following. I mean, right, Sasha, is that how you felt? Yeah, I mean, it was really one of those things, like, I had always talked about doing a live, but I've never really, I guess, had a, had the reason to do it, and then COVID really kind of pushed me into, okay, this is how I'm going to have to sell my products through the lives, and um, starting out, I was like, is anybody going to watch? Am I going to have any viewers? And, you know, you start out, and you have, I mean, I think starting out, maybe we had three or four people that would watch and you know it was just kind of like oh yes like we're excited for those three or four people that are going to watch us and see what uh -huh. we're doing and then as the weeks have went on and the months have went on you know it has grown into this I don't even know what you would call it at this point and you know people are setting alarms on their phone they know I'm on on Mondays and Thursdays at eight o'clock mm -hmm. this is there there's not a lot on tv so I'm kind of like their QVC shopping hour um so it's just but I mean, you really have to put forth the work and you have to keep up with it. Like you can't, you know, I mean, some nights I get on and there's not that many people on and you just, you know, you're just like, okay, well, you know, especially with the lives, they can go back and watch it later. Maybe they were busy, but you have to stay consistent and you really have to work at it and, and build it. And it's, 
it's been fun for me to see just from the start of, of COVID until now really how much it has grown. So. Yeah. And, you know, to piggyback on what you're saying, like one of the biggest principles that we have to abide by, at least that we do as a company anyway, is long-term goals. Like we have to do everything with a long-term play in mind because at the end of the day, lifetime value of a customer is way more important than that first dollar that they spend. So we have to do things that get people in the funnel and keep them in the funnel for a long, long time. And, um, that again, with the t-shirt analogy, it's like, I can keep pumping content out there. That's like, here's our new release. Here's our new $28 t-shirt. But what do I do after I buy that $28 t-shirt? I have no reason to pay attention to you until the next release. And that's assuming I have 28 bucks to buy yet another t-shirt. You know what I mean? So you got to find some way of providing help um, that can actually, you know, the other part of that too is that produces some sort of business result for you. So you don't want to just do activity for activity's sake, but you got to do something that actually provides use of value too in terms of money in the back end. Um, I think there's that famous story of like Guinness beer. Like they had beer. You're talking about the time where uh, cars just started and is really like the elite were the ones that owned vehicles. And um, like they figured out, you know, obviously you have Michelin, like the Michelin ratings for restaurants and, and stuff. All of that started to actually encourage people to travel. Like Michelin Tire came up with that. That's where the name comes from. This Michelin tire wanted to encourage people to drive. What do you need when you drive? Good tires. What did they not really make at first? Good tires. So you were constantly needing new tires. So by providing this, like, uh, this travel resource, like the Michelin magazine or whatever it is, um, it encouraged people to travel. So, you know, it was for people in the travel kind of mindset that had money that were interested in going and seeing the country, their brand new car that they never had before. <laughs> and then it, it turned into a business result because they were getting all this information about these faraway places you could drive your car to, put it into a pamphlet, you read about it, you want to go, but now you need tires. And so then it results in that. And then you also have like Guinness. The beer company is also responsible for the Guinness Book of World Records because they know that people sit at bars and they do trivia. So they come up with this like, um, this uh, book of trivia for people just pay attention to and that kind of thing. They know that by hearing the name Guinness, 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 where are you gonna buy at the bar? Guinness. So <laughs> it's all these kind of things, you know, like at first it's, it's value in terms of it's something to do while you're sitting at the bar with your buddies because TV doesn't exist yet. <laughs> it's, uh, it's value in terms of like, hey, here's a place maybe you never heard of in the state next door. But then for you, that turns into value in terms of new tire sales. So it's finding some mechanism that actually helps the audience do something, whether they actually buy from you or not, it's regardless. Help them do something, but do it in a targeted, meaningful way that actually can create a business result in the back end for you. So how are things? How are things with you guys, your business? What's going on? Things are good. Uh, we are we both paused right there. That would might seem ominous. <laughs> we, 
it's it's okay. No, things things are good. Um, you know, it's uh, learning how to navigate all over again in a, in a brand new setting in a brand new paradigm. But um, I, I I think it's going well, Brandon. You maybe maybe this is where Brandon's going to be like, no, it actually sucks. <laughs> yeah. No, <But>, uh, <laughs> oh, this is terrible. No. No. <laughs> by the way. Uh, you know, with like podcast experience, like I, I think we were just talking all over each other at the very intro. And so Patch and I just kind of sensed, let's not do that again. So that's <laughs> where that pause came from. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, things are really, really going well. Um, you know, obviously COVID is the, the big elephant in the room for everybody. Um, and we're kind of like you, like we were fast to pivot and just figure out like, how do we navigate this thing? try to maintain any level of normalcy with, you know, the factors at hand. So like, you know, we're on zoom right now doing this and we wouldn't have done that otherwise. Uh, and that's basically what we've done for the last number of months is all of our interviews have been on, on zoom as well. And, you know, we have a big video component, which, you know, changes the look of it, but it's not a big deal. You know, it just is what it is. And, uh, at least for the podcast, um, you know, forever people kind of avoided looking into each other's living rooms. Like that was your private space, <laughs> you know, yeah. like that's where you go away and like, you don't let people come into your house with it being dirty. And now it's just like everybody's zooming 24 seven. So nobody really cares. So it's been a really interesting dynamic and a shift on social media in general for authenticity and, and really uh, letting things be more raw. So that's been kind of fun even on like the brand side of things with the clients that we service and in allowing some of that to creep in just not really caring about some of these things that we used to be all buttoned up about. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I've seen it with myself too, just not feeling like my definition of professional, I guess, has changed. Like there's, there's some room to give yourself some leeway. Mm-hmm. Um, but so backing up, I guess, tell everyone what Branded 78 is, and then you talked about the podcast. So talk a little bit about that too, just so everyone kind of gets the gist of, of what you all are about and what you actually offer to the world. Sure. So I see patches on mute, so I'll hop in. <laughs> uh, so Branded 78. barking in my house. I was trying to uh, <laughs> Got save it. from that. So Branded 78 is what we like to call a social first digital marketing agency here in Lexington. Um, social first in the sense of we just always look for the underpriced attention and right now social media and has been for a long long time has been the place to go for that underpriced attention uh we think that your marketing dollars can go a lot further whether it's uh you know influencer marketing kind of campaign or if it's just in a video and photo production of the material that you put out across different social platforms we just think you get a much bigger roi uh, from your dollars so that's why we, we put that phrase in there. We offer everything from uh, photo and video production services. We come out and shoot it, whatever, and then we actually just dist uh, distribute it on social for you. Um, we also do paid advertising on social media. Uh, we manage influencer marketing campaigns. We also do things with uh, some web design and that kind of thing. We prefer to think of everything as like a full funnel marketing campaign or a marketing company. We do email marketing and text message marketing as well and community management in terms of, you know, the biggest component that gets missed on social media, everybody's so worried about the photos and videos that they put out. 
but the last thing they think about is what do they say back to people? And they don't really have a mechanism for that. And that's just so fascinating to me that the first word in the entire thing is social, which kind of indicates like you say something back. <laughs> but you go look at a lot of these brands and they don't respond to comments. They put ads out in the world. They don't actually engage anybody. So that's uh, kind of one of the big value ads that I think we provide too is um, saying things on behalf of brands. I feel like I just learned a lot there, that whole story about both of those. I didn't know. Patch, I feel like we totally cut you off. Like you had your brilliant thought, you had tech issues, so like bring it back. It's happening uh -oh. again. Patch, why do we have... <laughs> Patch, you're out again. That's okay. <laughs> this is like the most Monday recording ever, right? Like dark, <laughs> Sasha's inaudible now, like we're in the midst of things and poor Pat can't get his thoughts out to save his life because the damn audio keeps messing up. Did you for real lose me again? Yes, but you're Yeah, there you are. Now. All right. I, uh, I don't, that's happened twice. I don't take that uh, lightly. I think somebody doesn't want me to be on this show. Uh, so I'm just going to sign off now. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> hopefully I won't get cut off saying this. If I do, just trust me, it's going to be great. Um, what, what Sasha was saying about her lives, uh, one of the things that I've been talking about lately um, in my feed and stuff is a, a, a concept I call weaponizing your bliss. And what I mean by that is taking what you love, taking what's important to you and using it to effectively reach as many people as you can. Um, and, and two of the things that I say are important for weaponizing your bliss is one, uh, niching down. Like um, you, can, you could reach thousands of people, but a very small percentage of those people are, are actually going to be your customers or people who care about what you're saying. And so Sasha, when you talk about when you first get started and there's only two or three people on, that can be really scary and discouraging. And we can be like, well, I guess this isn't, you know, as successful as I want it to be. But by plugging away and talking to those people who show up and that care, that's how you grow the audience. Um, one of the guys I love, Dan Harmon, has a quote where he says, uh, you get on a rooftop out until the people who need you hear your voice. And so that's what you're doing. You're getting on the rooftop and you're shouting until the people who need you finally show up. The other thing that you said, which is 100%, and I don't know anybody who's good at this, consistency. Everybody preaches. You got to be out there every time, every week, every week, every week. And then you look at their feed, ghost town. And so kudos to you and to anybody who's listening, who is consistent, con, po, consistently posting, that is a key. Like if you have a thing, a message you want to get out, if you have something you want to reach people with, if they can't find you, doesn't matter. You're just, you're blowing wind. So, uh, so both of those things that you mentioned um, kind of pinged in my head. I was like, oh, that's, that's awesome. She, she's getting right there. So. Yeah. And can I, I'll add one more thing. So there's also the issue of like YouTube um, culture right now. So on YouTube, you have people like Peter McKinnon. If you happen to know who that is, he's, uh, he's got a few million followers. He's the guy that really started the photo and video uh, tutorial kind of culture that exists and, and that happens. So like, if you don't know, photographers, videographers, they sit down and they kind of review their own stuff or they walk you through how to use Lightroom and get 
different looks like they have or videographers will walk you through like how to actually make transitions and different things that they do. So it's really positioning them kind of as an expert and shows exactly what they do. Um, but then you run into, you know, it's been around long enough, this particular culture within photos and videos. Um, you run into this issue where at first, all of these people start out heavy on the expertise. Every single thing they do is a tutorial on how to do something. So that's positioning them entirely as an expert in their field. They're not talking about anything about their life. They're not showing you behind the scenes of anything, which I think works really well in this particular case. They're, you know, it's all value up front. It's just how to help people do the thing that they want to do, edit photos better uh, for a look, edit videos better for a particular look. But then what happens is as they grow and people start paying attention to them and going, oh, wow, this person's a real expert. They start doing this like pseudo vlog thing where now they're like, oh, I can't just go wide and try to get as many eyeballs as possible to like establish myself. Now that I'm established, I need to go deeper with people. So that's when they start this like this vlog component where it's not as much expert information. It's actually like, here's my family. Here's, here's where I hang out. Here's this kind of stuff. And I almost feel like they do it overboard because instead of like a nice healthy balance of expertise to themselves, it's like they totally shift. And because they're now a known entity, you have to remember brands are coming after them. So Canon is going to send them the brand new whatever camera that comes out or Sony's going to send them a new product or whatever because they want them to do a product review. Well, they're going to do their product review and then they're going to show you all these other vlogs and they get like caught in this loop because now they're, they quit their day job and now all of their income is off the back of these ads in uh, the product placement that they're doing in the content. So they're not actually doing the work they want to be doing. They're doing the work that the, the brands force them to do to keep the money coming in. And so eventually it's like these people become a little bit of noise. You know what I mean? Because now it's all, it's all ad heavy. It might not be a straight up advertisement, but when every single episode starts with, hey, I want to thank our sponsors story blocks for this particular episode. It's like, I don't want to listen to that. Nobody wants to listen to it. <laughs> we came here to learn, not to be advertised at, you know? And so that becomes a vulnerability. And that is like, well, that's when you have to have the conversation with yourself of like long-term versus short-term. Like these people could have kept it forever without brands showing up. And they would have made probably more money if they would have kept them out. Like upfront, you would make less money, of course. But over time, whenever you just become like the overwhelming expert, and back when we did in-person events, you could have charged a much higher number for yourself to go speak. Does that make sense? So, you know, it's just, it's, it comes down to you and your context and your life and family and all the different things around you about when you can pull that plug and start to monetize or not. Yeah, so there's just so a lot of issues with that. I was like nodding my head the whole time while you were talking because I can think of some brands and some accounts that I followed that started as one thing and then now I'm like, what? What is this? What am I even <laughs> watching, you know, or reading about? So then I reevaluate if I even want to follow them anymore. Brandon, I have a question. Are you recording in a bird sanctuary? <laughs> yeah. I'm actually in the middle of the zoo. Okay. Are you really? No. 
<laughs> that would be awesome, though. Yeah, I, the birds seem to want to echo all of your thoughts. It's very catty. I, I don't know. It's either a good sign or a bad sign, like the movie Birds. I don't really know. I'm just glad it's not me this time. Yeah, this full day. I'm waiting for something weird to happen to me now because we've had birds and audio issues and like just total life, right? <laughs> oh, man. Well, so I guess when you're talking to businesses about like how to deal with stuff dealing with COVID, right? Like everyone's pivoting or, you know, whatever term you want to use. Do you all have like three to five things that you would tell someone like, this is really what you need to be doing now. Um, and probably should have been in place before COVID, but then now we're seeing the need for it even more. Like, do you have some kind of like pillars that you all really stick to for people to market themselves? You know, I'll, I'll throw out the first one. Um, we saw, you know, especially bars and restaurants who, you know, have, have had a unique uh, experience during all of this. Um, when when some of the regulations first hit and bars were not allowed to open, you saw a lot of bar owners making these um, face in front of the camera appeals saying, hey, you know, it's me, you know me, I own this place, here's my family and stuff, and we really need your support right now. And um, too late. Kind of, <laughs> what's that? It's so too late. Oh, <laughs> we kind of would have said, uh, yeah, th this is what you should have been doing all along. Not necessarily making an appeal, but getting your face in front of the camera, being, being a personality connected with your place so that when people look at your, your Instagram feed or your Facebook feed, they're like Brandon was saying, they're not just seeing selling, they're not just seeing ads, but they're seeing the people involved. And so um, when, when things got bad, when the shit hit the fan, that was the first thing people wanted to do. They were like, okay, this needs to be uh, a sincere face-to-face -face appeal. Well, that's what business is. It's face-to-face. -face. You know, you, you, you're not buying a widget or a service. You're buying from a person that you know and trust. And you're, you become a regular someplace maybe not even because you like what they, their product, but because you like them. Um, it, it's hard to convince somebody to go back and buy something they like from somebody they hate. Um, so the, the first thing we'd say is, um, you know, your, your social needs to get personal. Um, it, it can't just be products and selling. Um, yeah. Sorry, Patch. That's okay. I was going to say, Brandon, if you, uh, if you want to do the next one on the list, we didn't <laughs> sure. have a list, but I, there's no I, official list. <laughs> yeah. I guarantee, I guarantee Brandon's sitting on one. Yeah. So to Patch's point and to what I was saying earlier, like it's too late for some of these things. You can't do it when everybody else is moving. This is why when we talk about TikTok, literally we were at base 110 like a year ago, almost to the day doing a startup, startup advantage talk, talking about TikTok and the importance of being over there as brand. And literally everybody in the audience, we had the footage, was like, you really think this could work? You think this is useful? Name one person that's not on TikTok right now, <laughs> you know? So like, yeah, moving early, doing this <laughs> stuff and adopting these behaviors and not overthinking is super important. And, uh, you know, to go back to the value conversation, um, you guys help me real quick. What's the, um, the coffee bar downtown near uh, Oscar Diggs? 
Um, it's behind Louis, there. Um, Lucy Brown. Lucy Brown. Whatever. Lucy Brown. Right? Lucy Brown. So they haven't done it consistently, but they've done a little bit. Where they actually have a barista come on, and they're actually showing you how to make the stuff. And I think um, Dan over at Whiskey Bear was doing a little bit of that, too, showing you how to make some drinks. And it's like, where was this, like, a year ago? Because doing that, you know, you have to think, who does that provide value to? Again, everything comes back to what is my audience going to get from this? And what audience do I want? And is this thing I'm about to do going to attract that audience and help them live their life better? You know, if you reverse it from those kind of steps, um, then you know you're providing real value. This kind of thing would be like for the coffee person that's at home, you know, uh, they want to make good drinks whether they're out and about or not. Like, I know sometimes it sounds like, well, why would I help them make a coffee drink at home? Wouldn't that keep them com from coming in my place? It's like, well, no, you gave them help. What do we think about, like, what is Starbucks and every coffee shop's real service and product? It's not coffee, it's community. They provide a place for people to go work a place for real estate agents to go do their thing and get people to sign wedding planners come in there and they work with their clients and do the initial steps of what the wedding's going to be like uh people go in there to study whether you're in college or high school like these are real things these are places where friends meet up it's where just life happens so that's what they actually provide and so you know you're by giving away your best information is only going deeper with those people and usually when i make a recipe at home even if I follow the recipe, does it taste anything like the place, you know? Right. Like, use the same stuff, the same measurements. For some reason, there's a magic touch when you walk in the door. So you're not really giving away your stuff for free. And uh, yeah, so again, um, you know, what could that have looked like? It could have been that. It could have been stories behind the, the community. I mean, again, if we're talking about community being the thing that you sell, there's no reason that you couldn't do community stories as your coffee shop and tell a about the people on your block. You know what I mean? Like the people that live downtown are in a proximity where they can walk in your door. So find people downtown that are interesting. Maybe, uh, forget his name now, but like the guy that does some of the, um, the like woodwork and stuff around town or you have Prohibition and Jonathan Winters that's doing all this stuff with all the murals downtown. Like, Go storytell about those things because those people live in that area. You're telling their stories, most likely people they know, things they've seen. So all those are ways to go deeper so that when COVID happens, those, you already have a mechanism that people are thinking about you and your storytelling about things that matter to them. And they're naturally still going to come support you. You don't have to go and grovel and beg. So Liz, you asked for three and we've given you a lot on one so far. <laughs> so um, I'll give you a, another second one, which we already said, consistency, because people are looking for stuff right now. They're on their phone because they're not at work. So uh, they're looking at their phone. So be consistent, get consistent stuff up there, uh, weekly, daily, whatever uh, rhythm you determine. Um, mm -hmm. Brandon, what's, let's give her a third. You got a third? Yeah, I would say go to them first. Too many times we expect people to come to us. But if we just put out some whatever is a perfect post with the perfect photo and the perfect lighting and the perfect words and the perfect everything, we expect the universe to come to us. And that is simply not true. You have to use the platforms in such a tactical way that when you don't have a bullhorn that you need, 
you got to go to them. You have to engage first. I mean, this is the same. This is true for COVID or no COVID. Like, you can sit there and you can type in, again, maybe if we use a retail shop, you can go to every single boutique owner or boutique account that's here, whether it's an individual influencer type person or if you're talking about the actual shops like Bella Rose or something. You go to their account on Instagram, you see, like, it's literally giving you a list of people that like boutiques in Lexington. Like, you go to all of their posts. And the people that like it most likely like boutiques and are probably in Lexington. You know what I mean? So like if you're a different boutique, go to your competitor's account, go to all their different um, posts. You'll see all the people that are commenting, people that are liking, tap on their profile, go engage. Don't sell anything. Don't whatever. Not a, here's a 25% off coupon in your first use. None of that BS. Like literally just be a person. They got a cute dog photo. They got a kid dressed up for Halloween right now. Whatever. Just be a person like you normally would with your personal account and just said, hey, I've been to Evan's Orchard too. Really love the apple cider. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just be a person. Be a thing that knows about the things that they know about. Guaranteed, they're going to engage back with you in most cases. Um, you know, the other thing is it curates a whole list of their followers. So again, with the Bella Rose example, you just go to their profile, it says followers. Magically, there's a whole list of people that probably like the same thing you like. Rinse and repeat that with every other boutique. Find all the influencers in the area. Now you have to sift through those because a lot of those are fakers, <laughs> but you can go find the other boutiques that exist out there. Real boutiques, not these online pop-ups where people are just like, you know, drop shipping stuff. But like the platforms exist for you to be able to proactively find your audience. Now it sucks because it's one to one. It's one account after one account. There's no like bulk way to do this. And that's why this is so meaningful because nobody is doing this. It takes time. Like time is the real asset that everybody has. Nobody has more, nobody has less. So if you figure out a way that you could scale the time to go and proactively find these audiences, find meaningful ways to engage those people. And that does not mean sell with a coupon code. That just means go be a person, not once, not twice. Maybe it's 58 times, whatever it is. Because even if that person doesn't come to your shop to buy, they probably know somebody that needs something you have. And if you've been a person long enough, you get that referral in the world of mouth going. So that's really important, being proactive, using the tools, using the search functions, using the discover tools like hashtags and whatever else to go find the conversations happening. And you know, you can also do that during peak times. I mean, again, if I were to use the Bella Rose thing and, and Nick or Blake or somebody from over there was on here, I'd be saying like, hey, during Keeneland, you guys need to be going on like Keeneland 2020 hashtag and these things and just go engage those people. Sure, Keeneland's happening now and I don't need the dress anymore, but that sells next year's dress. You know what I mean? All of this is really long-term. Yeah, I mean, all of that makes sense. I was jotting down notes for myself while you were talking. <laughs> but I, what I'm finding too is like everything y'all are listing out, they were strategies that I used to use when I would do one-to-one -one, like or like in-person networking you know, back in the day, just it with, and that's really how I built my business was just mm -hmm. on 
connections with people and getting to know people. Like I never walked in and was like, I'm an interior decorator. Like, can I help you with your house? I would just, you know, talk to them about their lunch or, you know, whatever they were doing that day and then get to know them. And so it's funny because now that we're talking about it in this way, I'm like, why has this been so difficult for me to understand how to move that to the online world? But, you know, whatever reason it is, but you all really simplified that. So I can appreciate the way in which you frame that up for us. You know, another way to maybe frame that up is thinking of it like a, a cocktail party of sorts. You know, you show up to the Christmas party, something like that. Everybody bunches up in the tiny little groups of people they know. But eventually you get sick of that and you rotate to the next group because you see somebody else that you might want to talk about for a minute. And then after you finish that, you go to the next, right? So this is all kind of the same thing. I mean, if you want to think of profiles and stuff being, um, being a cocktail party or if you want to think of like hashtags or any other place where people are speaking, think of those as those little parties that you can move around to and, and talk to those people. Oh, and I was going to say too, a lot of people say, well, I'm the business owner. We have two employees and we are the slammed. We have too much to do. I don't have time for this. Um, I would argue that maybe you do have some time, but you just got to figure out where it is. I'm not saying take time away from the family and all that kind of stuff. I'm just suggesting that maybe, you know, if you're standing at the front of your store, especially right now, if you have a brick and mortar, foot traffic is way lower. Maybe you're not actually dealing with as, as many customers as you think you are. Maybe that's the time that you can hop in Twitter, type in Lexington, Kentucky, tap the little toggle at the top and tell it that you want to see conversations near you. Magically, it's going to show you all the tweets that are happening right now in Lexington. Those are accounts that you can go to. Or the same thing on Instagram. If you have two minutes, you have two minutes, like the whole, like, you have time to lean, you have time to clean. <laughs> I think you got time for this. If you got two minutes, hop on there. Go to Instagram search. Go to places. Do, you know, people around me, Lexington, Winchester, wherever you are. Tap that. You'll see the top posts and the recent posts. Tap recent. Those are all the people that are probably still online right now. Start engaging. That's how you do it. Or you can actually have your employees do it. I mean, if you're busy doing the books, maybe you have people that are working the POS system, and while the customers are walking around the store, if they're not busy helping them, maybe you give them access to the thing. You say, don't post anything. I'll take care of that as the owner. But I need you to be part of our customer-facing side and just go find conversations online and inject our brand into it. Um, what are your all's thoughts on, um, you know, like email marketing versus like the text message marketing? I know those are probably like night and day, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, from my end, like I struggle with email marketing, but I've been curious about um, the whole text messaging. Thing. Yeah, well, text message marketing, the current numbers I've been seeing in the data is 95% open rates within the first five minutes of the send. And across all categories for email marketing, it's about 10 to 12% actually open. So you have to think about those sheer numbers. So if you have 10% actually open and only like one to 2% on average, no matter the industry, actually go and click through to your website, you like, <laughs> if you have a sales goal, you got to reverse engineer that and say, if you're trying to make $10,000 off this one email and only 1% click throughs after only 12% open, you got to figure out that math to figure out how many people need to actually receive this email for me to get that $10,000. Does that make sense? So like email is still very much a viable place, 
but I think all of our inboxes are just inundated with valueless crap. It's just people saying, here's my shirt, buy it. Here's my shoes, buy it. Here's a 25% off coupon at my coffee shop today because it's coffee day or it's taco day like yesterday. Like they just throw that stuff at you and there's no like real value. You know, one of the things that we've been talking about and actually this is kind of, Liz, your name has come up in this conversation. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw this out there. Uh -oh. uh, one of our like client ideas has been like, you know, certain things like Patch was saying earlier, to watch countertops all the time. It's like, if you're not in market for certain things, they don't naturally seem like a thing you wanna pay attention to. But if you can provide some sort of mechanism that could still be top of the funnel to you, getting people in your area, whenever you're like area specific, like a service, um, if you can provide them some sort of help, like real meaningful help on things they actually care about, that would be useful. So right now we have people decorating for fall, very soon decorating for Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever it might be, just straight up winter. Like they need help. So if I'm a service that people don't typically want to pay attention to, but if I have some sort of place where I can give them help for, you know, decorating for the, the new season or how to organize and, and Marie Kondo my place, like do that. Like that's not straight up about your business. It doesn't teach directly about what you do, but it's actually providing people a place to come for regular content that actually helps them. And if you put it in such a way, you know, you could put your name in there and be like, you know, this thing's sponsored by us. That way people actually know. And that's how you get your business result. But yeah, you know, it's like finding those collaborations of, of people within your lifestyle and the thing that you do. It's not all about you, but if you, can, um, if you can find those other people, elevate them, let them come on your channel and provide some sort of help. That's always great too. Collaborations are huge. Um, again, taking notes. And so that's a good idea. <laughs> uh, well, we will let you all get back to your, your day and your paying clients. But before we release you, we have two questions for each of you. Um, and if you've listened to our podcast before, you know what they are. But my question is, how would each of you describe your um, personal home style? Is there um, a name for when they're covered, like with toys everywhere? And um, that's I think that's called family style. Maybe. Okay, no, family style. <laughs> that describes <laughs> my, my personal style. <laughs> um, you know, our, our, our home feels sparse. Um, there's a lot of room and there's not a whole lot of um, decoration. And so sometimes the, the toys can feel like the thing. Uh, we I, we have an eight year old and uh, he has a lot of stuff. He's a materialist, um, and it's <laughs> it's all uh, laying on the floor right now. It feels like um, I know that's that was more of a joke answer, not a serious answer. Um, I, I I don't know if I have a serious answer. I don't know if my uh, knowledge base goes deep enough to to put a name on it. Yeah, you, you, you know, Sarah, what based on her and her style, what would you guess? I would say actually knowing both of you, it would be relatively just clean and and not a lot of clutter, right? You just kind of have this Zen vibe, both of you. That's the hope. That's that's rarely the reality. 
Well, mine is the toys. <laughs> You'll miss those toys one of these days. <laughs> I, I, I know I will. <laughs> what um, about you, Brandon? Yeah, I would say that there's an attempt at uh, the mid-century modern farmhouse kind of thing, you know, kind of cliche these days, but <laughs> also again, got three-year-old toys all over the place at all times and it's like constantly picking them up put them back he turns you know you turn around he's throwing them back and so it's that so if you were to pick up the toys there's there's some semblance of that behind there the farmhouse you know chip joanna games mixed with a little of the mid-century modern I had no resources to answer that question whatsoever and you're like uh mid-century modern kind of uh, chip and joanna Gaines, kind of farmhouse kind of like what is that? That's uh, that's what, me being married and you know watching HGTV. And, I'm just like, what are, uh, and also what knowing stack the magazine is right to. next to you right now. <laughs> I just throwed out terms. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. Oh well, I'm just gonna uh, gothic. Our house is gothic. Is that a thing? <laughs> Sleep in a uh, a coffin. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is no. Halloween season. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> For whatever it's worth, I shop on things like allmodern.com. This is not paid. <laughs> anyway. Okay, and then my question is, how would you describe your personal fashion style? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, whatever's clean. That's uh, that's that's what that's I got. Uh, no, I. I, I recognize about myself, um, I, don't, I don't know what, what the name of this is, but I wear a lot of button-up denim shirts. Uh, Kaylor and Brandon both used to accuse me of looking homeless a lot. That was what they would have said my style was. Um, so yeah, <laughs> was it for a while? yeah, it was a, a homeless dude who was into the occult. That's what you, that's what you called it. There yeah. was another descriptor too, but I'm not going to add it. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. It's inappropriate, but uh, yeah, so. <laughs> Those are true friends. Oh, yeah, exactly. It was very complimentary. You know, it's like the tattered, uh, you know, blue jean knee, the occasional like small tear on the shirt. Yeah. Um, yeah. The dirty boots. You know. And my wife hates that. She was like, you, like the, your clothes feel so unabundant. And I'm like, I, I just feel very comfortable. <laughs> like I, you know, I, I like this shirt. I wear it a lot. So it's got a hole in it. So I, uh, I think it's actually amplifying. Like I work hard and I need you to know. Is that what you think? Okay. I think that's what it is. All right. I thought you were going to say I work hard and need a new shirt. I really do. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's it, too. <laughs> I, I think it amplifies life has been really effing hard, and there are holes in my clothes because of it. There it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I guess mine would be academic clean in a way, because <laughs> I spent way too freaking long in academia in a sweater universe and you know button down shirts and, and that so kind of whenever Kaylor and Brandon and I would show up someplace invariably every time uh Kaylor pull over Brandon pull over me no pull over and so I got a couple of pullovers for Christmas just so I could fit in with the two of them just because they felt <laughs> so on the outside not having any pullovers but have you been able to wear them anywhere since you got I have, them? but I'll be honest, it doesn't feel right. I put them on and I'm like, who am I? Am I trying to be somebody I'm not? <laughs> it doesn't feel right. 
Uh, oh man. Wear it for Halloween. This has been this has been great because normally, like we've had, you know, a lot of women on here that have talked about, you know, their their personal salsa things. This has really been like our first like man session of how they would just describe their. Oh, love, a good, so. love a good man session. That, that, <laughs> doesn't, that doesn't feel earnest. I don't really feel like what you're saying is this has been great. I feel like you're saying this was funny. This was really. <laughs> I was I, I was on another podcast years ago and we interviewed it was a local lady, I can't remember what her name was, but she was supposed to be a fashion consultant. Um and I'll be honest, I had my doubts at the time. Um but uh, as as part of the show we asked, we were like, what do you think of his shirt? And she told me my shirt was too short that uh I, it was untucked, and she was like, if you're gonna wear it untucked, it needs to be longer. And um I think she made a good point, but I have never liked her since then. Like, I was just like, you know, you don't know me. Just say you look very nice. You know, like, it's not a real question. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Well, and that, but that also comes into, you know, now we're getting psychological because it's like, you know, what is the purpose of that shirt, right? Right. That, the, that these things all have a purpose and all of that just sounds like trying to cover up what's going on in your it was, it was home not, or are whatever you, it is. Are you saying I was wearing a short shirt because I was not trying to cover up my genitals? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, like no. that I was advertising no. to the world? What are you I'm saying? No, 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 no. Crop top I'm, at this point. Like that's what yeah, I was yeah, it, was a, it was a half no. shirt. No, what I'm getting at is, you know, you. I come from South Carolina where you hear about people having these, like, these dinner parties and... Uh, etiquette things and all this stuff and it's like yeah that's all to put on a certain facade you know what i mean so i feel like for a lot of people that's how clothes are i'm not saying that's for you patch i'm saying that okay. a lot of times like that you know she's giving you a cliche answer like oh well it should be longer and it's like well says who right okay. and it's like well because that's how this shirt goes because so everything has a purpose wasn't about my at all. uh that's a note Okay, right. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I think you're right, Brandon. Like, I see that in my industry a lot, too. You know, sometimes folks are focused on certain things within their home or are indecisive about what they're going to do their home because there's a lot of emotional something going on and it's a distraction. And so I think there's a whole other conversation about what you can well, there's a whole lot emotionally going on here. <laughs> uh, so, so real quick, if we don't have time, I don't want to do this, but I'm just going to put you guys on the spot as far as your expertise. We're on Zoom, except Brandon. Uh, we can't see Brandon. You, you can see me because I'm the face of the business. Um, well, I'm at the zoo. So. Oh, yeah. You're, you're in a bird. also, he has books of design style and fashion style. That people can <laughs> really There's a bird sitting on it. Yes. Uh, yes. So uh, Liz, looking at the background, you can, you can see my, my home studio. Yeah. Uh, what, what's the style here? Um, is that wallpaper or a rug? No, this is a, this is a, like a... Like a tapestry? Yeah, tapestry. See, she doesn't even believe that you own those, those books. <laughs> no, I do! <laughs> These are real books. This is a picture. A oh, book. Perfect. It's a cardboard. I didn't, I didn't see the green outline of your head to know that that was a fake background on Zoom. I'm telling you, like, it's very, like, you have the little, I can't tell if they're Buddha statues or what they are, but, yeah, like, yeah, it yeah. is very zen, and I follow you, and so I know, kind of, your background, I think it's very aligned with you, you know, like you have all of these 
um, books. So like you like to gather the knowledge and, and to okay. learn about other things. That. And so I think it, in my opinion, it aligns with you. I also think that painting is cool. Did, did you do that? This was, uh, I just broke it. It's just, well, it was cool. <laughs> it was very um, cool. <laughs> one of uh, a client that I worked with as an artist and, um, one of the exercises we did, so, so this is not related to Brandon Cindy. I'm a, I'm a clinical uh, hypnotherapist and um, a, a spiritual teacher, we might say. Mm -hmm. uh, and so one of the clients I was working with, one of the exercises we were doing was around fear. And he was supposed to write a bunch of stuff out about what he feared. And instead he painted uh, this picture of what he felt like his fears looked like. And I loved it. And I told Sarah about it. And I was like, oh, it's a really great painting. And for my birthday, she went to him and said, can I buy this painting to oh. give to my husband? So that's what that is. So um, thank you for, for pointing it out. And now, Sasha, you had to know this was coming to you. Looking at my shirt, it's all you can see. Um, it's, um, I'm not, it, it probably covers my genitals, uh, Brandon, <laughs> if you're wondering. Um, I mean, I am wearing pants. It doesn't cover them only. There's other stuff covering You're not them. going poo style on us. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> Sasha, based on this shirt, uh, give, me, give me a description. I feel like I just want to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is now an explicit episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I... I feel like Liz, you should have known on some level. But. I think it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've left this art in a long time. <laughs> I have left the chat. <laughs> I think that your shirt looks very comfortable. It, uh, very, hey. Wow, that's polite. Do yeah, you call it a Henley? <laughs> Is it a Henley shirt? A what? A hand waffle I'm asking Sasha more than you. Oh, I was going to say, God, I have no idea. I didn't, like. It looks like it could be a waffle knit. Mm -hmm. I agree. Waffle knit, yeah. Um, comfort, comfort is all the go right now. So okay, well that's, you rock it out. I am all the go then. Yeah, hey, that's me I'm right now. These days is athleisure wear, so the more comfortable the better. I was gonna say I'm wearing a hoodie right now. It's like salmon color, whatever that means about me. That is so <laughs> so we don't know. <laughs> and the bird is riding in the hood of your uh -huh. shirt. Yeah. Well, this was a lot of fun, you guys. I really appreciate you coming on and talking with us and laughing with us. And um, so anyway, let everybody know where they can connect with you, how they can check you and your businesses out. Yeah. So, I mean, we're on all platforms. It's branded 78, B-R-A-N-D-E-D-7-8. Uh, sometimes there's an underscore after because some arbitrary person decided to buy up that handle. <laughs> Uh, also, the Lexington Business Show on all platforms, Apple Podcasts and, and whatnot. Yeah, and um, if you if you need a hypnotherapist or if my conversation about my genitals hasn't convinced you that I'm not an appropriate spiritual teacher, uh, you can you can find me at Pat Drury, P-A-T-C-H Drury, uh, just about everywhere. Yeah, and if anybody has any questions or want to, you know, ask a question to go further or like hey can you explain this a little deeper or hey I've got this kind of situation you know can you help me with this if you have any of those kind of things and based on what we've talked about feel free to send us a message on any of these places you know whether it's to patch directly or branded 78 the business show uh, me I'm b dot a r v a y on Instagram or Brandon Arve on other platforms so yeah just feel free to hit us up we're always happy to help Thank you.
Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Speak Your Style. Your feedback means a lot to us. Please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have any feedback or special requests, you can direct message us on social media. You can find me, Liz Toombs, and my business, PDR Interiors, on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And you can find me, Sasha Bowlby, and my business, Sasha Bow Boutique, at Facebook and Instagram.